Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Nightly Podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Carlo. And we're your hosts for this podcast, I guess. So uh, guess what? We finally got our stuff up on iTunes and Spotify, in addition to what we originally had as just SoundCloud. Yeah, um, so we got our uh, little homework we did, so we, we're more accessible for people, So, I, and I'm glad you guys are listening. Yeah, thank so. you for that. And uh, just to note, uh, when when everybody was on Twitter telling uh, the Rink Rats that their podcast wasn't on iTunes or Spotify, yeah, it, it is actually kind of a headache. So I can totally see why something broke down and then they fixed it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's get to the podcast proper here because uh, we have a lot to uh, talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So one thing we wanted to note is that we will have guests from uh, every now and then. Um, we won't tell you who we're thinking of, but it's a lot of people that we interact with on Twitter, including people that are just huge fans because yeah. this is basically podcast for fans by us as fans. Yeah. So uh, that with that out of the way. Preseason review, I guess? The rest of well, preseason? First of all, we've made it, Andrew. We're we've finally, made it. Oh, my God. We've what, made it. One and a half more days. I guess literally uh, almost 48 hours from right yes. now. Yes. We, we, we made it. We've made it past the offseason. We made it past the preseason. And the, the season, the regular season, is right upon us. Woo! And we got a really awesome preview, like a little taste Oh. Of what the next game is, but we'll get to that later. Oh yeah, because well, because as everybody knew, that last game was pretty intense. Let's just say that it was just crazy. So, but um, yeah, we got a lot to uh, talk about today. We have uh, the three games that happened since the last podcast, and we got our previews for the uh, the regular season, and uh, we got a new segment coming in in the end too. So uh, we'll we'll tell you what it is when we get there. Oh yeah, you'll 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 really like the name maybe. So, let's talk about uh, Colorado first. The Colorado game, which was a game, a forgettable game, a game that a lot of fans would like to forget. But thank God it's preseason, because if that counted, wow, right? Yeah, so I was at that game, and uh, there was actually a guy in the crowd booing during preseason because he was unhappy with the performance of the team, and that just still kind of boggles my mind. I mean... I understand that you're passionate about the team and everything and you know I like some there are fans like that. I understand that they are not performing well and they they look terrible that game. So bad. But you got to understand too. They had five rookie defensemen playing. And the whole time they could not get the puck out of their own zone. Well, because you have five rookie defensemen. So they had six defensemen, and the sixth one was Shea Theodore, who is basically the almost like another forward. Yeah, times. like he, Jake Bischoff is older than him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, Schultz is older than him, isn't he? About 100 They're about days. the same age. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. like he's still technically older. And then and then after that, the, Shea Theodore got hurt and left the, left the game. Yeah, and granted, he was fine overall. I mean, yeah. he, he was back. So, so yeah, it was just it was a disaster kind of game, but that's exactly what, what expi- exhibition games are for. Speaking of disaster, and the, the biggest disaster for, come, that came out of that game was the White Cloud injury. Yeah. Which I thought was very unfortunate because I thought he had a good camp. And he made a lot of strides. He was very defensively responsible. And, like, him get getting out of that competition, defensive competition, was really such a bummer. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I think he's got more chances in his future for sure. Yeah. Uh, but definitely not going to be spending time in the NHL this season, I don't think. And there were there was a lot of fans uh, and people that 
say that a lot of people like they they took a lot out of that game. Like you say, they keep saying that Cody Glass was horrible at that game. Everybody was horrible. Though. Everybody, the was whole horrible. team was yeah, terrible. He, Mark Stone played that game, and he was not good. He, he wasn't. He wasn't as bad as a lot everybody of everybody else. But he there's did. only so much Mark Stone can do to make exactly. other players better. Well, <laughs> to be honest, he, he, it's like he was playing with the Senators again. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Right. He probably had like bad, terrible flashbacks. Yeah, he, like PTSD. Like, oh my God, I'm in the Senators again. Yeah, like, what, what, what did I get myself into? Yeah, but th- that that game was. Like, we, we can just forget about Yeah, that I, I think really. that's all we really need to say is that that's what happens when you put five rookie defensemen with Shea Theodore. Yeah, that's, what, that's why I thought at the beginning uh, when we did all this prediction stuff, they're saying that a lot of people want to see two rookie defensemen uh, on the starting lineup right away. And I'm, I'm always like, that's, I think that's going to be a disaster. Yeah, and that, I think, I think I'm think with that's, you. I, I think that's what, that's what it looks like if you have too many rookies playing your because that would be fine if we were like a team like Vancouver or or Ottawa who's who's just trying to rebuild and develop but we're a cup contending team I don't think we can of course we want to develop our rookies but we we're not in a rush to do it at the same time you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean uh, the, like like we've said on our other podcast episodes I mean the 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 best problem that Vegas has is too much depth yeah, it's a good problem to have, to be honest. It's not even a problem at that point. It's just awesome. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, you can put it that way. I mean, the the biggest thing though is that you you eventually are going to get rookies that didn't have a chance during their prime years if it keeps going with yeah. with all of the veterans out there. So that either says, well, what's going to happen with those guys? But yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm just uh, there's a lot of surprises on the finalization of a lot of roster stuff, but it was a lot due to injuries, which we'll talk about in just a minute here. Yeah, because the Colorado game was filled with just, it was the rookie game pretty much. It was like I think it was like 80 percent rookies or young, yeah. young kids, but. The Kings game was the total opposite. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the no veterans. rookies. There was no was, rookies at all, was yeah, there? It was the veterans uh, because the lineup was the top six of Carlson, Smith, Marcheseau, and then the Stastny line, and then I think it was Ekantuk Zikov. I yep. think that was, yeah, it was Ekantuk Zikov, and the bottom line was Noshik, uh, Karyan Kolasar. Kolasar actually, Kolasar was the only rookie that played. Yeah, and wasn't Piri in certain shifts, or was he no, not in that he game? No, he didn't play that game. I don't, I don't think he played that game. Yeah, because I, I, I remember, remember. A, lo- a lot of people made a big deal about it, saying that Zikov pretty much won the spot because Piri didn't play, which turns out that Piri's going to end up playing in the opening roster because of uh, injuries, anyways. But I don't think that was the case either, with or without the injuries, because I thought. That Peary didn't play because he just gave Zikov the chance that game, and I thought Peary was going to play the next game. Which he did. Which he did. But, well, but, but that was because of the injuries to yeah. Alex Tuck and Cody Eakin. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into the injuries in a second, but overall, that, that game was pretty solidly matched. The The reason the Kings ultimately won was because Jonathan Quick was playing on his head. Yeah, uh, th- that's another reminder that Jonathan Quick is still a very good goalie, and a lot... We saw that in the playoffs two years ago. It was Mar- Mark Andre Fleury versus Jonathan Quick, and that th- th- this game showed how good the Jonathan Quick is. He had a down year last year, but this guy has two Stanley Cups. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and he was the foundation of both of those because you know the Kings are not the highest scoring team. Exactly, and it, it, it's it's crazy because so 
Mark Andre Fleury lost to Jonathan Quick, but Oscar Dance beat Jonathan Quick. So we should have Oscar Dance starting for us, right? Like I don't know what what he's doing in the AHL is better than Subban and Fleury. Well, if you don't if you don't follow uh, Carlo on Twitter and and <laughs> see all his snarky comments, um, I believe that one of your tweets uh, over during the course of that game was, "Man, Subban's doing really terrible tonight." Yeah, because. <laughs> Flurry let in a really early goal, oh, two goals, two early goals. Yeah, first period. And, goals and if sure. it was Subban that made those mistakes, because they were pretty, like, I think Flurry could actually save that one. They they weren't they they They're, weren't the best goals I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it wasn't sure. it wasn't like Flurry can save it, but it was still a good goal by the Kings. But if it was Subban there, there was half of Las Vegas would have been rioting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every, everybody's so hard on the guy. And you know what? The, those of us that uh, seem to be like real tied into the, the community here and, and you know, on Twitter all the time. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely Team hashtag, Subban. Hashtag Team Subban. Yeah, we're, we're Team Subban over here. Uh, yeah. Especially like even right now, just recently, uh, Pittsburgh sent uh, the Smith down a waiver. So we have, oh, I already saw a few tweets that, hey, you should, you know, look at the Smith. I mean, the Smith is a good goalie, but I really still, I'm still in favor for Subban. I I think he's got this season to see where it goes. Yeah, exactly, point. exactly. And then we'll see what happens after that. I mean, uh, chances are he could be looking for something else after that, anyways. Yeah, because um, I Subban, I think Subban's good enough to be a starter eventually. Yeah, I think. I think didn't we didn't we talk about the fact that he'd probably be better than the Flames or the Oilers starters? Yeah, because the the when they switch goalies <laughs> and stuff. Anyways, in this game, uh. It was it was a very interesting game because I thought the second and the third period was pretty good because at the start of the game a lot of Knights fans were panicking because this this is our this is our veteran lineup yeah this is the lineup that we thought was gonna dominate you know after the game in Colorado the Knights fans were ready to see us win again yeah. even if it's just preseason and we came out with a lineup with. The full veterans lineup, and it's against the Kings, which the Kings also came out with their veteran lineup, and we didn't start too great, so people got worried, you know. Yeah, and the biggest thing is though, again, like we, I think we said this last week when we were at the we were talking about the away Kings game. This is just a typical Vegas Kings matchup, though. It's always yeah. you know, low scoring at times, a ton of crazy back and forth, and and then at the very end, a bunch of crazy stuff always happens, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, because yeah. I almost had deja vu here. Because, yeah. Because on the first Kings game, we uh, we we were down two zero. Yep. And then we scored in quick succession in the third period. And then Marchi scored in overtime that time, right? Yeah. This time we were down two zero going to the third, and we scored in like. What a minute and a half yeah. within each other. Yeah, it was under a minute. And, and a half. I'm like, is this happening again? But then the, then the king scored and they won the game. But whoop freaking do! It's a preseason. Who cares? We, I thought we played better than the Kings, to be honest with you, uh, in the second and the third period. Uh, the first period, obviously, the Kings. I thought the Kings played better. And that's when they scored their two goals. Well, and let's be honest, a lot of the veterans, they know it's preseason. And you can tell just by their quote-unquote celebrations of goals. Yeah. They're not even taking it that seriously. They know it's preseason. They're giving Vegas a good show because they know how many fans show up to support them in, in the preseason. Which, by the way, apparently broke some sort of record. Um, and, and, and that's kind of a psychology, uh, psychological too. Like when, when the crowd is cheering and, and bumping, even though they're not, they're going in there to not take it seriously. When they hear the crowd, 
that kind of like it's 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 a psychological thing where you like you're gonna so so what I'm saying it keep at it guys yep. you guys are great you know the cr- I'm talking about the crowd and oh. the team too I guess yeah but but the the fans we have here in Vegas are we have the best fan base there's no contesting that yeah especially especially on the next game because that felt like a playoff game oh my and God. it's a preseason game and we'll get into it but let's go over these injuries real quick first so Egan day to day upper body I, I don't think it's that serious he could miss miss Wednesday's game but the the, the, the tone that gallant and McCrimmon are saying doesn't seem to be serious so i don't know but it it would be a tough loss if he can't if it is pretty serious yeah yeah it'd be it definitely be a tough one uh egan is actually one of the my more personal favorite players uh i i really like watching him he's he's just really awesome on penalty kills and watching him when he's got a breakaway it's it's just it's beautiful to watch yeah egan's really underrated and i thought um because I remember the first year, and everybody was calling for his head, and then the second year, everybody fell in love with him. He had a, he had a season, a uh, career high twenty two goals last season. Yep. So it, it it is a big loss if he, if Eakins out for an extended period of time. But it's not going to be super bad if it's if it's basically day to day. That means maybe a you know torn muscle, pulled muscle, sort of yeah, thing. It's, it's not probably, something's probably not broken or dislocated. Yeah, if it's day to day, it should be it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, but hopefully he'll he'll be back so, sooner than later. But Tuck, on the other hand, is week to week. Week to week is especially in this organization where they're very very vague in injuries. Because I remember the first year when they said when Flurry got injured with this head injury. It was week to week, and it turned out to be two months. Yeah. You know, we don't know how long Tuck is going to be out. When watching him crash into the boards the way he did, yes. it, it looked like something could be dislocated, torn, broken, who knows. And that's really unfortunate, too, because I thought Tuck is, was primed for a breakout season. Yeah, and he wasn't having a good preseason, but he was also he was being pretty defensively responsible. They were putting him into new roles. He was on the PK. like He was doing everything right, even though he wasn't scoring as much as you'd like to see yeah, him. Yeah, because I, fe- I feel like the coaches ask him to work on those stuff in the preseason, defensively, because he does it... Someone asked him, uh, I forgot which interview it was, uh, where I saw it, that someone asked him when the last time he played in the penalty kill. And he said, like, probably like midget hockey. And it was like <laughs> a kid. You know, he that's not his game. And yeah. and it's a good opportunity. It was a good opportunity for him to round out his game a little bit more. And like I said, it's such an, a missed opportunity for him because he is. And this is the third home opener that he missed. Yeah. He, he's missed every single one because he was in the AHL year yep. one, right? And then he got hurt last year against the Kings again. Yeah. And missed a, missed a season opener, missed eight games uh, in, uh, last year. And this year again. So Maybe, maybe they should just not play him against the, the, the Kings, Kings in preseason. Yeah, they just not play him in preseason. No, actually, no. He needs to play in the preseason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we can go that far. But, yeah, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it was just – it was really unfortunate. And uh, I, I've always been really high on Tuck. Um, he was the first jersey I ever purchased. Uh, you know, he's – I grew up in Western Massachusetts. He grew up in upstate New York, so it's not that far away. Um, so, yeah, he's just always been a favorite player of mine personally. Everybody seems to really love Tuck when it comes to just fans out there on yeah, Twitter. he's a really likeable, like, 
likable guy, and a lot of the ladies love him because he's still a bachelor. Oh yeah, the ladies <laughs> love him. Uh, even even my girlfriend's always making jokes about how you know if she'll run away, run off with him. I said, okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you got my permission. <laughs> um, so now we're we're getting into the segment that everybody wants to hear us talk about. This is the San Jose game. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a game. I call it a WWE? Yeah. It's a they should this Wednesday they play they play again. They play San Jose this Wednesday. I think it's smart for the NHL to put this in pay-per-view because I think that's what this game is. It's a pay-per-view fight. You know. There was more fights in last night's game than there probably was in the entire last entire season of the UFC. Yeah. As well, in you know, a, a sport that you actually fight in. There was 114 penalty minutes. There's 60 minutes in a game. And I believe 27 of those were Evander Kane alone? Yeah, yeah. We'll, and, we'll get to Kane later, but... And, well, and all, out of all of those, I, it was like over 70 of those minutes were San Jose Sharks alone. Yeah. Cause we can, we can, yeah, we can talk about all the penalties and stuff in a bit, because I actually do want to talk about the hockey that happened in this. The, the, the hockey that actually happened Before we do the game. hockey, and before we talk about Kane, I want to say one thing about penalties, though. And that's that Ryan Reeves got zero penalty minutes last night. Like, what the hell? Like, what? Like, I, that is just, like, against the He's, Sharks, what? Listen, man. Reeves is a good boy. He, he doesn't, he doesn't... He can't even harm a fly. I don't, I, I don't know why you're surprised about this. Well, well he's, because he's the muffin man, right? Yeah, he just makes yeah. muffins. He gives it to people. And you can't give, you know, penalties for being nice and like giving muffins to people. Yeah, maybe, maybe he does He does sell beer. Maybe he, maybe he just got the refs drunk enough to not notice. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So but Speaking of this game, though, because I, f- I thought this game was just really good for the Knights. They were, they do- I, th- I thought they do- dominated from... The first puck drop. Yeah, start to finish, just complete domination. I mean, you had scoring from pretty much every line. Yeah, let's talk about those lines though, because this is a little wonky because uh, because the Tuck and Eakin injury. Yeah, so first line was the, the normal Marchie, the, the Marchie Car- Carlson. The Carlson line. Yep. Yeah, but the second line was has a little twist to it, and uh, it is the entry draft line. Yep. Which is Max Pacioretty, aka Nick Suzuki. Cody Glass and Mark Stone, aka Eric Brandstrom. Those are our first Suzuki Glass and Brandstrom are our first draft picks ever. And then we traded Suzuki for Pacioretty and we traded Brandstrom to Mark for Mark Stone. So that's why it's the entry draft line. And what did you think about them, those three players? I together? thought they they were really good. I think that if you want Cody Glass to succeed, you put them in that line. Which is pretty like when you think about it, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Of, of course, he's going to succeed between those two. Those are two of your best players. But you also get him into the NHL in a position to succeed, yes. which then means that he can potentially play with other lines and do better. Yes, because Cody Glass, uh, I, I've talked about this plenty of times, he gets better the more he is comfortable with his line mates and the style of play. Because... The more he plays with his line mates, the more he knows their tendencies, the more he knows where they are on the ice. So, and Glass likes to anticipate. He thinks, you hear this a lot, Glass thinks 
the game in another level. He's got the crazy hockey IQ. Yes. I mean, he, he sees the sheet of ice and he can predict what's going to happen next in, in, to an extent where, you know, he just sees people's body motion. He sees where the puck's headed and he really just thinks about that stuff. Yeah, but but you can still see that in this game right now, in that game, even in that game, he is still a rookie. He is still getting used to the NHL. But you see the flashes of those, especially in the power play. He's amazing in the power play. Glass was put in Alex Stuck's normal role in this power play, which I don't think this is the first time I've ever seen him in that role, which is the net front presence. And Glass is not a big guy like Tuck. Well, Glass is tall, but he's 200 pounds compared to Tuck's 225. But he had that one power play. He had like three good shots in there, being in the net front presence. Yeah, and and he was passing amazingly. Yeah, uh, it's just, his entire game last night was just pretty incredible. Yeah, to but be he still he still have a lot to learn, and you can still see that in his game. That's why if you put him next to Stone and Pacioretty, he can learn from those two really well. Because I think like his game is kind of like Mark Stone. Because Mark Stone is not your best skater. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. He's not the best skater, but he thinks the game's like so high that he he's just good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and and again, it's it's all about the hockey IQ. So to have those two on a line together mm-hmm. with with Max Pacioretty, who you can basically feed, you know, all but, all of your sniper shots. Pacioretty's gonna get seventy goals this season. <laughs> Zero regular season chill. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy goals, no assists. 70 goals, no assist, Maturity. <laughs> Sound, sounds about right for Pacioretty, though. Yeah, no. Just... No, no, he, he actually, uh, speaking of Pacioretty, he, oh he actually had a really great setup to Mark Stone last night. Yes. It, it was just one of, one of the more beautiful passes to watch. So you see that. You see Mark Stone kind of snipe it from a, a little bit outside the right circle, was it, I believe. I, I just wish and, Pacioretty left some for the regular season, man. Yeah, well, hopefully he does. I mean, because even, so the best thing about that Mark Stone goal was immediately after he got the goal, <laughs> he just looked like, yeah, it's preseason. I'm just gonna make a goofy fist. face. Yeah, he did a pump little. Fist. He did a little tiny like fist bump to himself instead of his normal like shooting a bow and arrow, Selly. Yeah, well, they were the the. I think that goal got him up four zero, right? Yep. Yeah, it was it was the goal that got him up four zero. It's preseason. It's like yeah, so I guess, but it's against the Sharks. Yeah, he's like whoop de doo. Uh, another <laughs> another standout for me in this game was Nick Hague. Yeah. And Jimmy Schultz. Yeah, they were both pretty damn good. Yeah. And Jimmy Schultz got his first, uh, you know, preseason goal in, yes. in in that uh in that exhibition game last night. And we did talk about Jimmy Schultz in previous podcasts before, and we were really down on him. Yeah, I kind of take it back a little bit. Yeah, he he did get better as the preseason went on, and this is like the culmination of of that. And I, I feel like I, th- I feel like the reason why he wasn't as good. In, in in the previous preseason games, I feel like they gave him the what whatever treat, uh, treatment they gave Alex Stuck. When they asked Jimmy Schultz to do stuff to work on, and that's what he was concentrating on for most of the preseason. And I feel like this game being a, as a dress rehearsal, they just told him, go play your game. Do you think it's a little bit of nerves, too, for all these younger guys? Because, I mean, think about it. You're you're in your early 20s for the most part with all these prospects, and you're playing with guys that are in their, like, mid to late 20s into their 30s and even sometimes 40 if you're on the Sharks. I mean, it, it's it's got to be it's got to be really, really intimidating to be around Father Time and, like, have to, you know, learn from them. But also the, the pace of their game is so much different than they're probably used to. Yeah, I, I guess that does make sense because I've, you mentioned that, and I just thought about it. 
This what, is, Father Time? No. <laughs> the, the whole nerves and, and experience in the preseason thing. I just thought about this. This is Schultz's first preseason. Yeah. yeah. Nick, Nick Haig and Cody Glasses have been in preseason games before. This is Schultz's first preseason. I didn't even think about that. That makes sense because he was in college the whole time. Yeah, and I mean, one NHL game at the last game of the season against the Kings is not a good kind of gauge for how you're going to feel six months later yes. in, in the preseason when you're there with six other defensemen that also want the same job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like, Schultz was great that game. And get this. The two defensemen that led the team in time on ice that game, Nick Higg and Nick Sh- uh, Jimmy Schultz. Wow. And they weren't even paired together. No. Yeah. I felt like as the game went on, maybe because the, their their defensive partners went to the penalty box a lot, <clears throat> England. Um, but they, I felt like the coaches trusted him more and more and more. So le- last thing before we get into the drama, um, yeah. can we talk about what Shea Theodore did? Oh, my God. That was beautiful. I, I wish he scored so it would be a high re- highlight real goal. I, I was a high lounge when I was watching this, and I literally jumped off my seat. And, and then he didn't score, and I'm like, oh, I was so disappointed. Like, that was amazing. Like, if Theodore keeps improving and doing more of what he does well, which is dangle players, be faster than a lot of offensemen. Oh, my God. Wow. He, he's going to be cons- – like, if he does that more consistently, he's going to be considered one of the best defensemen in the league because that's what Shea Theodore can do. He just needs to be more consistent with it, and that's why I think he's going to have a breakout season this season. Like I said in our first episode, I think he's going to be the best defenseman by the end of the season at the Golden Knights. And he's going to be considered yeah. the best defenseman. And, and the whole team was like weirdly skating circles around Burns and Carlson last night. It was it was kind of weird. Yeah. But Carlson uh, was super crazy fast last night at the start of the game, and it, maybe it's his groin slowed, issue, but he slowed it, way down. Or, yeah, they slowed way down. Burns, I feel like his age is catching up to him. Maybe they got to cut their hair. There's a lot of weight going on up it's, there. It's, it's at the front. He it, it, you, you don't see us now, but... Uh, Andrew told Burns to cut his hair hair, but <laughs> all the weight is up front in the beard, beard beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but but Carlson's got like all this. Oh, stuff you're going talking about on. Carlson? I thought well, you were both of them, about... both of them, because Burns he's got that stuff going on. Too. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he just put it in a man bun. I yeah, guess. the Duck Dynasty man bun look. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I mean they were they were just not doing great last night. But and... I don't think they were. I think the the Golden Knights just kind of really just dominated them. I feel like, well, I wish they kind of saved this for the next game. Me too, because, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is that the fans get in the Sharks' heads whenever they go to TV. Especially one particular person. Evander freaking Kane. Yeah. What a trash bag. Well, one of my favorite moments of the game was the Kane you suck chance. Oh. Oh, my God. It was way better than any goalie chance, because please do not do the goalie chance, because those are suck. Those are bad. Yeah. Anyways, no, the I, Kane I you the suck bad. Yeah, it, it was, was amazing. Oh, it was. It was, I, I, I may or may not have been chanting into my TV. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that makes sense. But before we, uh, Kane started, uh, kind of losing his head because of one particular Golden Knights player, though. Valentin Zika. and he has become an overnight sensation. Everybody loves Knights. him on Twitter now. It's amazing. Oh my God, Zikov is everybody's new favorite Russian. Uh, the, the memes that people were putting out of him yes. just responding to everything, just saying, like, yes. yes. Uh, well, if you're Russian, say, da. <laughs> da. I, I just hope that uh, the, first, the first English words to Kane are swears. Yes. 
Well, I think I think Zico speaks English though, so yeah, a little bit, yeah, I yeah. think. But but I I I seriously hope that Zico is gonna end up like Reeves and he starts a little vodka. What is that brewery? Is that a it's not a brewery, right? Uh, Reeves has brewery, but no, I mean like what, oh, what, what a distillery? is that? A distillery, yeah, 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 a vodka distillery, and call it Seven with a Seven on the thing. <laughs> Station here in Vegas. Seven, yeah. seven vodka, and just yeah. have like a sad Evander Kane picture yes, as one yeah, of yeah, one yeah, of his yeah. Uh, bottles. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, Zikov did not instigate. Zikov was getting chirped by by Kane, who just singled him out uh, because it, Zikov it, was buzzing everybody and doing playing very very well. Zikov was gr- amazing in this game, man. And it pissed people off. Yeah, I was like, who is this Russian kid? And so so it was like after I think was Marchi that scored a goal. It was yeah, it was Marchi's goal. Uh, it was like right afterwards, like Kane just went up to Zikov on like the in the Golden Knights defensive zone or near the defensive yeah. zone. It was like, hey, let's fight. And, and Zico's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and at that point, like, you bah. know, it's 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 kind of one of those, like, unspoken things. You can't really just walk away from it. It's fucking keen. Fight him. Yeah, yeah. So so he did, and that didn't really turn out for either of them. They both just kind of hugged each other and yeah. threw some weird although, side punches. Although Zico's takedown defense is top-notch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, then that was just the start. Oh, yeah, because... Um, Oh boy, like, Kane, come on, man. If you want to fight someone, fight Reeves, dude. Are you? Did you ask Zeke up to fight because you're scared of Reeves? Yeah, and that's that's what it is too. He 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 is a talker, but you never see him go after Reeves. And then he, you, and he, then when they do fight, Reeves is just like whatever. Like you're yeah. you're not you're not even in the same league. I'm gonna go easy on you. Yeah. Sort of thing. Oh, like, and, and then what happened after that was just it, it, that was in the second period. Yep, because it got more crazy in the third. Yep, because that's when it really escalated. That's and w- when was it where Aaron Dell basically? That's like, what started it. Yeah, and it, so if you didn't see the game, Aaron Dell was in goal. He got because of course, uh, of course, you know Jones got pulled because he does whenever well, he plays the Golden Knights. Well, well according to them, it was planned for Dell to play. Of course, it was. No, this this is just typical San Jose doing typical San Jose bullshit. But anyways, Aaron Dell's out, um, you know, in front in front of the in front of the net, and Mark Stone's four checking down to go grab the puck that he just dumped down there, or somebody dumped down there. Yeah. And and Aaron Dell leans over and basically checks him in the face, right in the face, the shoulder. Mark he, Stone he fell even, so well though. He even like leaned yeah, towards. Yeah, Mark he totally Stone. leaned into it. But, but Mark Stone fell in such a way that he got immediately back up, and you could literally see him on the screen say "What the fuck?" and run over and cross check Aaron Dell, which of course then the entire team. Fault. But accord, according to Dell, it was Mark Stone that ran into him. Yeah, because you could totally not see him shifting to the left. So I, that's what I want to know. If you show these people like the, the video review of what they do, are they such gaslighters in San Jose that they can't admit that they do things well, wrong? Well, to be honest, they can't really admit that as, as a... As a like as a player, that's you can't really because you're true, gonna but, get in trouble. But still, like like the things that like uh, specifically Evander Kane, which we'll get into in a second. But like it's like he lives in a different reality than everybody else yeah. when he responds to like, oh, I didn't do that. I was minding my own business. Mind well, your, hey, hey, it's player abuse, okay? It's player abuse. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything's <laughs> abuse with Evander Kane. So, and it, let's talk a little bit more about that. So, third period, like, and toward the end of the third period, uh, you know, Vegas is up, what, at that point, 5-1, I believe? Yeah, it was 5-1. The, uh, the Sharks scored early in the third, 
And then the uh, the Golden Knights responded with who scored the Smith? It was Riley Smith with a tip in pass from uh, William Carlson. William Carlson, yeah. and that was a beautiful little tip in. Great, too. Uh, they need to do that more often. Those two together, like uh, best I, penalty killers. Yeah, man. best penalty killers, league. best short-handed duo by yeah. far. I, I love watching those two, and then Cody Eakins a, a close second to watching those yeah. two because he he has a ton of short-handed too. Yeah. Um. So power, yeah, the power kill, man. Yeah, I mean, we're I, be, we're be, we have more scoring chances on the penalty kill than we have power plays. It's stupid. Well, let's hope that that changes this. Yeah, season I know. Well, glass like for some reason glass just elevates that power play. He he really does. Well, plus let's talk uh, real quick, sharks. Postseason, last season, with with the whole Sharks rounds, the power play was insane. Mark yeah. Stone on the power play was nuts. Yes. Um, Mark Stone, Patrick, that whole line, I, I have such high hopes for for I all of those players this wait season. for this whole oh. thing to start. But anyways. Two more days. Yeah, two more days. So, so, so Kane, toward the end, decides he's going to start messing with Derek Englund and, yeah. and starts slashing him, starts like cross-checking him. So Engo is not small dude or and he's not a guy to just back down he used to be an enforcer he, he used to be one of the scarier enforcers yes. so so he turned around and he gave him a little cross check and then kane came back and tried to slash him after the ref had already kind of tried to shuffle them away ends up slashing the ref in the butt <laughs> so essentially you just piss the ref off england starts skating away the ref We've, turns around and and kane's trying to tra- kane's trying to like, instigate a little yeah, bit more yeah. with, with somebody else that was skating by i yeah. think it was McNabb. yeah and so then so then the ref's like okay just go back over there and he tries to start pushing him backwards well kane takes a little tumble then freaks out on the ref and starts pushing him and almost makes like a, a left hook motion toward yeah. him and so i watched this a few times because i wanted to see like exactly what happened and so essentially he got a, a you know a major penalty a game misconduct it, it was a ref abuse right yeah it was yeah, abuse ref, of official, an official official abu- yeah ref, um and and so i looked up it was like rule number 40.5 in in the nhl's rules and all that um and and it basically says that you can get you, instantly suspended yeah you can it's it's up to the judgment of the ref i think and then the commissioner has to uh to uh enact it yep so yeah. So uh, so, Carlo, what's what's your thought on what's going to happen with that? Do you think he's going to get suspended? What I want to happen, I don't want him to get suspended. Nope, me. Actually, either. I want him to get suspended, but after a few reviews, and he gets suspended after the night's games. Yeah, at the very least, there. at the very least, I want him to get suspended after the home opener. No, I want him in both games. Well, yeah, I, I do too because I I'll, think that he makes their team worse. Yeah, he's a, he's a detriment to the team when he's playing the Golden Knights. No, he he can't keep his stuff together. The the fans get in his head, the players get in his head. Kane is the single handed reason why the Sharks play so terrible against the Golden Knights yeah. as of recent, at least. Yeah, because he can't keep his cool. He can't keep his cool, and he can't yeah. keep his mouth shut. So so yeah. So what I want to happen is they're gonna. They're gonna put this on uh, the suspension thing, and then the the commissioner is gonna review it, and it's gonna take a few days. They're gonna go on appeal, and by the time they they finally suspend him, because I think he should get suspended, because that was crazy. <laughs> then we've played both the Sharks games already. So you and, want it to be Saturday when he gets suspended? Yes, because I want him to play. It, it, it's not just because he's ruining the the Sharks team or whatever. But I want to beat the Sharks at their best. And I also want to see him make a pass at Ryan Reeves. Yes. Because I, you know Ryan Reeves is not going to have zero penalty minutes next Speaking game. Speaking of Ryan Reeves, another thing that's overlooked in that whole debacle is that 
there was a moment when Ryan Reeves uh, and I think it was Goodrow from the Sharks who. Goodrow pretty much oh, the slashed, slashed Reeves like six times. And Reeves was just like, stop it. Like, kind of like, he was, Goodrow was trying to instigate Reeves into like doing something. And Reeves was just like, stop. And then he, because Reeves kind of hit him back once or twice. But Reeves got, got hit like what? Six times? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was at least five or six times. And, but it was hilarious to watch the replay of because you, you, eventually you just see him slashing back and then they're just smacking each other in the leg with their sticks. Yeah. They're not even slashing. They're really hitting each other with like the actual like end yeah. of their stick, just smacking each other. And, and then the ref, after a while, the ref's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. You got to stop that. Like it, it was almost like those two were out of everybody were the ones that didn't take any of the fighting seriously where they're just like, hey, let's do this to look like we're part of this too. Yeah. And, and, and another, another part, another thing. Thing that happened there uh, in, the, in that game during one of the scrums was Nick Hague was just holding two. Sh- this his six foot six frame was holding. I, 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 he was I'm, pulling a Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, he was. He was, he was holding two sharks. Not, I don't think a lot of people noticed him. He was holding two sharks. Well, remember the Wet Willie yeah. fight during yeah. uh, during the Western Conference Final? In, oh in yeah, August? Bufflin, Bufflin pulled up no shake and somebody else yeah. with, each with one hand and just held them there. It wasn't that. It wasn't to that extent. But I just thought it was hilarious because Nick ha- Nick Hague is another guy. He's huge. Well, Nick Hague is also another guy that you do not want to mess with. No, because he Nick Hague will drop his gloves. Yeah, and he's like six he's foot six. It. Yeah, he's so. done it a few times in AHL and in juniors. So if you if you take a swing at him, unless you're like over six, yeah. Marchi, I don't even think of him <laughs> in the reach. face. It's, it's like one of those things in the cartoons when when a guy is holding his arm out and in the guy's head, and the guy's just trying to reach and like ah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it, it is absolutely insane how huge that. And dude then is. there was another time when uh, Brandon Dillon cheap shotted Cody Glass right, right in, in the, the face. face. Yeah. Don't go after the rookies, it's, man. They, yeah. they weren't there last year. They didn't play against it's you guys. It's preseason too. Like yeah. way to keep it classy, San Jose. Yeah, and and then I saw I, I I saw one where they they were going after Glass for a bit there, and that's that's not cool. No, yeah. no. But what do you think will really happen with Kane? I think he's I think he's gonna get one or three game suspension. I agree. I, I'm I'm I like I like your thought. I hope that that doesn't happen till later because yes, I want him to play. I, I think yeah I think it'll be a more fun game to watch on exactly. Wednesday. Exactly, it's more entertaining. They can, it's for the ratings. I feel like it's it, it's supposed to be April right now with the game I just saw last night. Yeah, it it's and it's a preseason game. It's preseason. It and doesn't whose, count. Whose idea was it to schedule them three games in a row? It, whose it, idea was like schedule the Sharks in a preseason, put them like second to the last or third to the last when the rookies are playing or something. Well, Not I, during dress rehearsal. Well, and if you look at the way they set some of the other ones up, I mean, like, look at it. It ended up being like the Caps versus the Canes in one of the last yeah. preseason games, and I'm sure they're going to play again soon. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it seems like they did as many rivalries or budding yeah. rivalries as they could from last year's playoffs. But speaking of Wednesday's game, though, but with, with all these injuries, we're going to have to talk about who's actually going to play in that game. Where's... If... Cody Eakin plays, do you think, where do you think they're going to play him? Like, what, what do you think? Well, first of all, let's talk about Glass real quick. Because where do you think that he sh- he's going to end up being? Whew, that is tough because there's a lot of different factors uh, on this one. Which it, one do you like? The big, the, I, I love, <laughs> I love the entry draft line, man. I, I do too. That is my ideal spot for Cody Glass. But there, there's three spots that he might end up in. The entry drawing left. He's going to be a third line center. Or he's going to be a winger. On the third line. On the third line. But. 
I don't love the winger thing. I, I don't. That's my least uh, favorite. Uh, he part. did not play well on a wing. Like he was not that bad. But he, he was just, for 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 being the first time playing there. Not that bad. But he's the guy that wants to be able to see the ice from the center and then yeah, make the choice where that, to pass. That is his best. Asset. It's, and it's and that's no, the game he's played his entire life. Exactly. He and he's very good at it. Yeah. So I I don't want to see him on a wing personally. I I I really like the thought of putting him with Stone and Pacioretty mm-hmm. because I think Stastny is another guy that just makes other players better, yeah. and he has crazy vision as well, which means he would be a perfect seasoned veteran to work with Zikov and, and or Piri and whoever else would end see, up rotating on that line. It's funny you mention that because Stastny is what we hope Glass ends up being. Yes, and Stastny is absolutely glorious whenever he's played with Tuck. Yeah. So I feel like when Tuck's ready to come back, if Stastny's still around that line, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Now, what, now, who knows what they'll do when Eakin and Tuck are both back and what happens with Glass after that. I e- mean, e- Eakin, I think, I think it's over his pay grade and his skill, but if you have him in the fourth line, wouldn't that be that bad? No, it that's going to be a really, really good fourth line. It'd be one of the best fourth lines in the NHL with yeah, him especially, in the center. Especially if you give him a scoring option, too. And, and let's be honest, he's probably not coming back after this season uh, yeah, when, he, when he's a UFA. Unfortunately. And if he yeah. does, he'd have to sign a very team-friendly deal, mm-hmm. which Cody Eakin is kind of still in his prime. He's getting a little bit older. Yeah. But, but what, is he 28, right? Yeah, I think he's going to be 29 20. this year yeah. or next this season. But mm-hmm. like uh, the biggest thing is that's not old. So he, yeah, he's going to— still a few years on him. He, I, I My gut says he goes back to the Stars next season. I, really? I think he's got a lot of ties in Dallas. I think he'll approach them. Um, it depends. A lot, a lot of— a lot of um, teams need kind of need that bottom uh, middle six center, yeah. which Cody Eakin. Because Cody, I don't think Cody Eakin is a first line center. He's not. He's, but he's he, he can be a good second line on certain teams. On certain teams and a very very good third line center. So, but how ironic would it be if he ended up back at the Stars with Joe Pavelski? Oh my god! That would just it would oh be, no! It would oh, be pretty just, funny. Oh my god! Gotta be dude. pretty a little, a little crazy, right? Oh. <laughs> Wonder what, that just went over my head. All right, so so we talked about if Cody Eakins playing, he's I don't know where he's going to end up though. Like yeah, that's that's a that's the million dollar question. I don't right think there. they'll bench Glass though. If Cody not, if 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 Cody Glass is in this team, he is playing. Yeah, there is no point of sitting Cody Glass. No, and as of right now, they made their cuts. They made uh, they sent um, uh, Colasar and. He sent someone else on. A defenseman? Uh, Bischoff. Bischoff, yeah. Colasar and Bischoff. They sent Colasar and Bischoff down. And so far, they are in the roster limit in the 23. So, so far, as of right now, if you put White Cloud and Tuck and Eakin in IR, they are at 23. Yep. If Eakin comes back, you can send someone down. Yep. There are four waiver exempt players left in the team. That's Cody Glass, Nicholas Waugh, uh, Nick Haig, and uh, Nick, uh, Jimmy Schultz. Yep. So if if uh, if Cody Eakin comes back and is not on IR, you can send one of those four to the AHL. Yeah, and it's basically plug and play at that point. Yes, exactly. So if Cody Eakin comes back, they and they don't, don't feel like inserting Cody Glass anywhere, they can send Cody Glass to the AHL. Yep, and I, I, I don't know. After seeing last night's game, I kind of hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think I think Cody Glass. I've been saying this all preseason. I think Cody Glass is ready for the NHL. I think sending him to the AHL 
is a disservice to him. I also think having him play on a line on the third line between Zikov and Piri would not be that great for him either, though. Yeah. Like um, you almost have to keep him with Stone and Patrick yeah. and have it make sense right now. Yeah. Um, what about the defensemen? Because we have two rookies right now. Haig and Schultz. Haig and Schultz. Do you think both of them are gonna play? Where are they gonna play? And 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 who's the healthy scratches? Exactly. I think that I I personally think that probably Schultz would would get the ice time over Haig. Mm, okay. And the reason that I think that is because he has had so much more background in playing in collegiate hockey, plus he played the single NHL game, and he did pretty well against the Kings he did. Um, he did. at the end of last that season. That was a very good game. Um, and even though he hasn't been awesome, I think like we were talking about earlier, he finally found his vision, he found his legs. Okay. And, and I really think that he's been proving himself by doing that well on the, on the power play in particular. That's true. Well, my I, I think the opposite. I think Haig is going to get the playtime. Uh, I have a few reasons for that. I think if Haig is younger, and I think that if Haig is in the team, I think it, it's, it's the same situation in Glass. I think it's a disservice to him if you sit him. I think if they want to keep Haig developing, I think giving him that NHL experience uh, it does, is, does great for him. You know what I mean? Now, what if they like, kind of alternate both of them all season? It, that's what I think, too. Like, I think the first game they're going to put Haig in there. If not, he would be in the, uh, in the AHL. I also think uh, Haig uh, has pro experience. Yeah. Um, Schultz does, is older, but he hasn't played. He played one professional game, which was the NHL, in NHL last year. Haig has played uh, professional hockey in the AHL all season. Yeah, and did great there. Did really great. And Haig can also play in the power play and the penalty kill. Yeah. No, for sure. So, yeah, I, 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 would like, I would like to see that, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out on we'll Wednesday. Ha- we'll, we'll find out. We'll, probably, we'll even find out as soon as tomorrow because uh, they have to meet the twenty-three man deadline. That's true. Tomorrow at two p.m. and if and they have to make a decision with Eakin by then. Yep. And if Eakin, they could, they could even send Schultz uh, down. And feel, feel free to let us know what you guys think on Twitter, because yeah. I, I'm just curious. Uh, I, I know what I've said. I know what Carlos said. I know what some of the other sports writers around town are thinking. And I don't think any of us really know what's going to happen. No, now. this is... I, I've been so wrong on so many predictions in the offseason. This has been the most... Hardest to predict. Surprising, yeah. Uh, preseason. I mean, starting lineup. Like I think, well, maybe in the first year because in the first year we didn't really know anything. We don't, we didn't know who these people are. Like, you know, nobody did. Yeah, but I I, get, I take that back. Then yeah, no, no, this, that that was a false that was a false statement. It was yeah. not. This, but it, it's just but, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, which, it, it which is. is pretty which is pretty good. So, and then goalie, of course, is gonna be Flurry and Subban. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so so for for the season, let's just do a quick exercise here and tell okay. me tell me where you think the Golden Knights are going to end up by the end of regular season, points wise and standings wise. I think the Golden Knights are going to get roughly around a hundred three points. So you're so. you're going to say they're on par with inaugural season, points wise? No, because I, I think the inaugural season they got like one hundred twelve, uh, one hundred four, one hundred five. I think was it yeah. oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe I think on paper I think this team is better than. I was gonna say team. I think they should have more points, but the yeah. the rest of the league also has gotten better. Yeah, except for the Pacific Division, because I th- 
it's the weakest division, and yeah. that's why I think we're going to win that division. Well, and I and you know I I also think that we're we're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be close. Like, no, and and I uh, specifically um and I you know correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I I don't think the Sharks will be number two either. The Sharks are gonna hit a wall. They they don't have as much offense the, as they had last season, but they, they lost kept, their top goal scorer. Yeah, they the lost Pavelski. their top goal scorer, and then they also lost uh, uh, Nyquist, who they had as a rental. Yeah, Nyquist. They, they lost Donskoy. Wait, did they lose Donskoy? They I, lost someone else. I don't know. I but all, all I know is they're spending like most of their salary it's cap on defense. on defense. But although those two those two defensemen are pretty much forwards. Yeah, and they're some of the best defensemen in the league. So, but yeah. the biggest thing is that you know. You you have to score more when you have Martin Jones as your your goal. Yeah. Who do you think who do you think is gonna be in the Pacific then? You have the Golden Knights. I, I would say maybe the Flames. The Flames? You see your number two? Possibly. Okay. It depends possibly. it depends on who, how their goaltending switch works. That's out true. The, 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 their goaltending is still very suspect. So let me let me hear your ranking. So you, who do you think? So uh, I'm I'm gonna forget who's in the Pacific now that you got put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go first then? No, I I think it's gonna be so Golden Knights. Okay. Potentially the Flames. Okay. Um, they'll probably be Sharks in three. Okay. But I uh, Vancouver's kind of rebuilding. Like, they are rebuilding. Uh, like Quinton Hughes is gonna be really good. Like they could they could maybe somehow miraculously be yeah. number three. Uh, so probably number three or four Sharks Vancouver. Uh. Five, I, I actually did like what I saw from the Kings. I, I think that they're going to be a little better than they were last okay. season. I don't think they're going to be bottom anymore. I don't know okay. if they'll be five, but I don't think they'll be the exact bottom. I think that's reserved for the Ducks now. Yeah, the Ducks are uh, Yeah, the Ducks are really young. It, it depends on how much their their prospects, or how well their prospects do, because it's basically a young team now. Yeah, it is. Um, and plus, they, John Gibson. The, it is. John Gibson is one of the best goalies in the league, top five. And maybe and the, even yeah, number one. And, and the reason that that is such a truth statement is because he was holding the Ducks into the the standings for at least a few months of last year. Yeah, they were in a uh, in a playoff spot because of John Gibson. Yeah, until like January, I think, right? And then they fell off a cliff. Yeah, because John Gibson couldn't hold him. Well, yeah, longer. there's only so much one guy on your team yeah. can do. Okay, so what I have, I got the Golden Knights, and number one, obviously, I just said that earlier. Uh, ooh, number two is tough for me because I think the Golden Knights, this is my opinion, a lot of other fan bases might think this is wrong, but I think the Golden Knights is the class of this division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Edmonton is going to have a ba- bounce back. I'm not sure if they are going to be number two, but when you have when when you have Connor McDavid and Drysaddle in your team, you're gonna eventually kind of break through. Well, I you guess that, I, mean? I guess it'll. I, I guess they'll the have to thing. find out if they have a uh, Vegas Golden Knights James Neal or Calgary Flames James. Exactly. Neal. Oh yeah, and they just got James Neal too. So that could be great um, or terrible for them. Uh, Calgary, Calgary is gonna be really. Oh, this is tough. This is really tough because I think the 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 second tier of the Pacific Division I think is really close. You know what? I'm gonna go Vegas first. And I think Arizona is going to get second. 
I forgot about Arizona. And they, Everybody forgets about Arizona. But they got Kessel now. They got yeah. some good players. They got some Oliver good Oliver Eklund Larson yep. is so underrated. I have him in my fantasy, so I hope he does well. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I, yeah. I, and Arizona was so close to actually yes. beating Vegas out for, for the third yeah, place and then, spot. And then, and, then, and then Vegas was like, all right, all right, let's, let's, let's get real here. Yeah, yeah. And then they got real serious. But, but for like a week, yeah. I was sweating. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah. oh my God, Arizona's going to overtake yeah, Vegas. So yeah, I got... I got Vegas first, Arizona second. Okay. And then I I put Edmonton the Sharks. Calgary, I think I'll put the Sharks there. Okay. And then I, Calgary, I think one of them will make the wild card, Edmonton or Calgary. Uh-huh. And then Vancouver after that. See, I don't think any of the teams will make the wild card because the central division is so much better. It, that, that, that is true. I think they're going to be in a bubble. Yeah, yeah. They can make it, but it's going to be much harder. Like, look at the Stars last season. Yeah. And, and the Abs. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then rounding up the bottom is LA and then, and then Anaheim. Yeah, so my Western Conference prediction, not that it matters, but is personally that the Avs are going to play the Vegas Golden Knights for the Western Conference final. Yeah, the Avs look so good. It's Se- not even Sekic fair. Sekic is like one of the best GMs out there by far. Oh my God, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but oh, that contract. Oh, uh, it's not even fair. Uh, actually, that, that, is, that is exactly what we were going in to talk about. So let's, let's introduce our new news segment here. Dun, 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 dun. The five-minute major news segment from around the NHL. Where we talk about four... Major news segments in less than five minutes. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I want to start the timer because I really want to get this under five minutes. So, all right. Okay. Timer. Uh, No, not five hours. Hold on. Five hours. Five five hour major. (laughs) Okay. Are, are, Are we ready? All right. What is our first major topic here? Signings. Signings. We have... Four big signings uh, that happened this week. We got Rantanen, Line, Connor, and Kachuk. So Rantanen, we were just talking about how good Sakic is as a GM. Six years at nine point two five million. Oh that, my! That is insane for how awesome Rantanen. Rantanen is one of my favorite players that isn't on Vegas. Yeah, and and, and compare that, uh, and you pair that with McKinnon's contract too. Ooh, unfair. Line and Connor for Winnipeg. Line signed for two years, six point seven five. Great contract for uh for Winnipeg and Con- for him and for him. Connor seven point seven year uh seven point one four. Um, pr- pretty decent contracts, I think. And then the one that actually surprised me was the length of Matthew Kachuk's contract. Just three years. There's only it's three a, years. It's a bridge deal. Is I'll, he still I'll, in RFA afterwards? Though? Yeah, that's I'll, why. Same with Line and Kachuk. That's yep. why Connor and Rantanen signed for those long because they wouldn't be. Yeah. They they don't have enough time to sign bridge deals. A lot of uh, players have been doing that. Oh, uh, next topic. All right, next topic is uh, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews and his butt. And his shenanigans. Yeah, uh, so. I don't know a lot of you guys uh, heard what happened, but Austin Matthews got... Uh, really, beca- really drunk. Really, really drunk. A little party boy back in his hometown in Arizona. Uh, went to a, went up to a security officer, a lady secu- security officer. Who was in her locked car. Locked car and started kind of like... Uh, like harassing, yeah, yeah, harassing her, trying to open the door, yeah. and just being a general wasted idiot. Yeah, and, the, and then when they told, when she told him to cut it off, he kind of pulled down his pants, underwear, underwear, and on, and did the whole Ace Ventura thing. You know, yep. yeah. So that's that's what happened. Uh, next topic: uh, Tom Wilson. 
and his shenanigans with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, so so apparently he's still salty about how they knocked uh, the the Capitals out of the playoffs last season because he tried to fight their entire bench. Yeah, it, I don't know if any of you guys saw the clip, but it was basically Tom Wilson being Tom Wilson. Uh, he was skating by the bench. Uh, it was the whistle blew and play was dead. He skated by the Carolina, uh, Carolina bench and taunted him, taunted all of them pretty much. Yeah, so I personally, I really hate Tom Wilson, but that's also because we don't have Tom Wilson on the Vegas Golden Knights. We have he, a Tom Wilson light. We have we, Ryan Reeves who can't score. Yeah, <laughs> but but we have but Tom Wilson is just a prolific scorer as much as he can beat the living daylights out of pretty much every, everybody in the league except for Ryan Reeves. Yeah, and our final topic. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the prospects that uh, didn't make the Golden Knights and uh, Nick Suzuki and Eric Brandstrom yeah. making it to their respective teams. Nick Suzuki just made the uh, final cuts for the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, Eric Brandstrom for the Ottawa Senators. And so I'm I'm assuming that neither of those are going to be on the top lines this season. I don't think so. But uh, to be honest with you, I, th- I don't think Suzuki would have made the Vegas Golden Knights roster. I don't think so either. I I. I I'm not even sure, like necessarily, that they would have. They probably would have put Brandstrom in. Though. Brandstrom has a chance because Brand, we had that competition uh, with the defensive battle and stuff this uh, this whole time. But I'd take Stone over Brandstrom though any day. Exactly, of the week. exactly. And that's just me, but I I don't know. So well, I think that's it, and we have time to spare. So uh, we uh, we have a minute and a half left in our uh, five minute major, and. We already went over four things, so actually that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I guess I guess we have to score an overtime, uh, score late in the third to get an overtime. So yeah, yeah so, that's it. So Wednesday, uh, we can't wait. We will be back with something uh, a little bit after that game. Uh, not not on Wednesday, but probably around the week after the two yeah. sharks to the two shark games. Yeah, we'll probably we'll probably do something this coming weekend or maybe into sometime early next week. So that that's it for tonight. And uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. Peace. Later.